1: Before we get stuck into today's episode just a quick note that we recorded this episode only an hour before the FA released the news that women's non-elite tiers 3 to 6 are to be cancelled but stay tuned to since 71 for more information or check out the website enjoy the episode thank you hello and welcome to the latest episode of the since 71 podcast my name is stewart i'm the founder of the website And today, I've been fortunate enough to speak with Beth Pritchard. Beth is a broadcast assistant and sports journalist currently based in Lincolnshire. She works for BBC Radio Lincolnshire and is the media officer for Lincoln City Women. This week is an exciting week for Beth as she releases her first book titled No Points. The book documents the highs and lows of the 2019-2020 to FA Women's National League season, which was sadly null and voided due to the coronavirus pandemic. In the book... Beth recounts the key events and speaks to the people who were there, the players, the coaches and the volunteers who all had the results taken away from them. Hopefully you enjoy the conversation and immediately head out and order your copy of the book. Hi Beth, it's great to have you on the podcast and as a guest, you're someone that I've been following via Since 71 on my personal social media for quite a while, so it's nice to put a a face to the, the virtual name.
0: Yeah, same to you, same to you, absolutely.
1: So I have the pleasure of speaking to you on the day of the release of the book. How's your morning been so far?
0: It's been a bit strange. I, I received a screenshot from one of my friends uh, about half past midnight saying she just started reading the e-book and that, yeah, that's sort of how the trajectory of the day has gone. I've had messages from people saying that they've now ordered their paper back. I've currently made £16 in Kindle orders for it so far. Hey. I think most people are waiting the paperback rather than the kindle edition so um it's yeah it's been a good morning
1: with the so i, I wait for the paperback so being a little bit of a traditionalist but also um, with if you buy it on the kindle edition is it also are you also able to use it on other formats such as apple books or is it specific to kindle
0: i own a kindle so i'm not sure um apple books wise because i do read mine on my kindle and then i have the kindle app on my phone as well um so I'm not hundred percent sure how that works, if I'm being honest.
1: For the sake of downloading that, we'll recommend everyone and signpost everyone to uh, to go through to Kindle because I hear that Amazon have been uh, been struggling of late. So uh, any support we can give them will be I'm sure they'll appreciate. When did you first decide that you wanted to write a book about the situation?
0: So just after the null and void decision last year, I sort of went through and I screenshotted what information was still available because I thought you know, I might find this interesting, uh, we might need it from a Lincoln City women point of view, I might be able to hand it over to managers and just be useful. And then I then after the Women's Football Yearbook, after finding out that the National League wouldn't be mentioned in the latest one, I kind of thought, well, I could make my own version and I can like cover the National League this season. So it was not long after the null and void decision that I decided to Make a go of this. It just took me quite a while to finish it and get it publishable.
1: Yeah. So, once you had the idea that you wanted to write the book, how did you go about turning it into reality?
0: So, to begin with, I just sort of collected the facts and um, I sent messages to contacts I had at different clubs and just, yeah, shot off some emails and tried to get in touch with as many clubs as possible. Um, And then I also. Sort of found the the sort of super fans from some of the teams and messaged them asking for clarification about certain things, and then I ended up getting their input on their thoughts of the season. So it's sort of I started with the the statistics and then I did the research and I looked up you know team scores against other teams, and I did particular research into the teams uh who would have been going for promotion. And just looking at how they how uh, they progressed and then I got the people from the clubs that were involved with the book to just sort of pinpoint you know their game of the season or um, I forget which club it was now that had Spurs in the FA Cup Um, and we I, I sort of got them to describe what it was like to go down to Spurs and to sort of give as much as mo- emotion as possible so it is sort of 50% stats 50% opinions
1: yeah it's yeah I think it's g I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to read it as I say I bought I bought my copy this morning so uh, I think I, I, I've done the I think it's going to be with me on Wednesday so just in case if anyone wants to try and look for any new content on Since 71 from Wednesday onwards for the uh, for the week afterwards, they're probably not going to find too much because I'm probably going to have my head buried in a book. <laughs> or with a one-year-old, it'll be buried in a book as during the spare moments that I probably can. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. How did you find the process of, of writing it? Did you find it easy? Did, it, did you find that you had more information than you, you thought you ever would have? Did it take a long time to sort through it or did it... Once you started writing, you you just went on, the momentum just carried you through?
0: No, it was quite difficult to find as much information as possible. And then once I'd found the information, I had to verify it, obviously. So it did take quite a while going through clubs, Twitter feeds, or, you know, some of the specialist women's outlets going through their Twitter feeds or searching their websites for keywords, etc. So it, it was lengthy. Because I didn't, I didn't want to publish anything incorrect just because I'd read it in one place. So I, I have been, I'll admit, in the past, uni assignments, etc. I've used Wikipedia as a source. But for this, I just, I didn't want to use Wikipedia because I wanted to be 100% factual. So the actual going through, collating the information... It's not quite as easy as just going okay on this day this team played this team this was the score these were the goal scorers because on full time where I previously got results that those that information wasn't there anymore clearly so you had to actually click on the fixture because it just said voided and then you have to sort of like add up the goals yourself by counting, and sometimes it, that, that was one of my massive,
1: well that was one of my pet massive pet hates why the football association felt the need to literally void all of the results and they couldn't just freeze all of the records that were there in place was was beyond me and and if you want to if you want to especially as a as a researcher for any articles that I might want to write I want to go and have a look and I want to see what the stats were for that season uh, who played who and it it doesn't make it particularly easy to do that so um, yeah that was a, a really sort of frustrating decision for me and one that probably action that didn't really need to be made
0: yeah and I sort of even from outside a research point of view so not just it made writing the book more difficult but kind of just sure the season was voided but those games did still happen those those results were there they were on x number of points at the time so even though it didn't count I don't see why wiping it achieved anything so that was kind of a motivation to write the book. So I, um, did, I contacted the League and said, can I have the tables as they were when it was voided? So they sent me the spreadsheet. So that is in the book because if it's not online, there needs to be a record of it.
1: Well, it's really encouraging to hear that the League did engage with you with regards to this book. Did you get a feeling that they were actually quite supportive of the whole process or was it begrudging?
0: No, I would like to think that they they were okay with it because obviously it, it wasn't actually uh the Women's National League decision, it was the FA's decision. So I don't think they thought I was criticizing them in any way by writing a book and saying that it they deserved to have the season recorded. I don't there was I wasn't trying to angle it at you were wrong to wipe the website. I was asking it like a why did you wipe the website yeah. type thing. So the league I, I spoke to um, the secretary and the chair in the process of writing it and they were both happy to sort of help me out with the information I needed followed by I wanted to give the league opinion as sort of a rife of a response to the fact I was talking to clubs so they were happy to talk about their reasons behind it as well so the league were very compliant I'm, I'm not i've not really interacted with them since so i doubt anyone there is buying the book but they have they they were really helpful in the process of writing it which i think probably helped the fact that i could say i'd been in discussion with the league maybe helped me look a bit more credible to the team that i was reaching out to who were also very eager to sort of give me the information i wanted from them
1: and what can readers expect from the book? Is there a, a lot of quotes read between fans, players, uh, staff?
0: It is um, specific to, you know, say one one person per team, be that a manager or a player or a fan. So that it is very heavily quotes-based. It's very sort of putting across opinions as well as the facts. It is largely facts-based because obviously that is what I wanted to record mainly, But there are a lot of opinions in there um, from as many people as I could get involved as possible. So I've made sure that at least across the six leagues, there's at least one club involved from each of the six leagues. But often it's more like two from each league um, that I've got quotes from. And then I've just put statistics from the other ten.
1: Looking back, do you think that the Football Association made the right decision yourself or will that be spoiling the book too much?
0: The book isn't written in my opinion so that uh the, I'm happy to voice my opinion in that I'm not too critical of the decision. To begin with I was really angry about it because you know there was no football to go to anymore but I, I kind of I understand and I'm not going to complain too much about it. It's been and it's gone and um as Carol West said when I talked to her about it she thought that the other teams had moved on as well and that was sort of in the past so I'm not I'm not thrilled with the decision I feel like maybe points per game could have worked last season because enough games had been played but I'm not going to complain too much anymore um that is I've, I've left that behind and I'll be happy to complain about the new decision that we get um but for the previous decision I'm just Looking past it now.
1: I for those listeners that aren't aware, we've been told by the football association football association that this week we will learn the fate of the 2020 twenty 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 one national league season, and um, and for the tiers below. I personally, my view has changed over the months. Initially, I was very much pro pausing the league and maybe restarting it in September as it was left off. It might mean that the league was finished a little bit earlier next season, or it might mean they get the space fixtures out. But with the poor weather and mass postponements, I figured we could kind of step back a little bit, but still finish the league. I've since spoken to people involved in a lot of clubs that believe that the null and void is the, for want of a better word, the easiest solution because with the way that time is progressing, they, they, a lot of the clubs would run they left off, have a close season where they can start again and maybe have that little cup competition they've talked about. So my, my personal belief is that there will be a null and void um, with a view to having small, localised tournaments, which I think would be a good thing from a safety perspective because then you're not having people travel too far. You look at the National League's Tier 3 and 4, There's there are some good teams... That can have competitive games. The the gap isn't what as widely vast as you would think. So I think that could be a really interesting tournament in in itself. And from speaking to the players, I think they're just keen to have any football now. While they would be deeply frustrated if a league was cancelled and they lost the ability to gain promotion or to progress in a cup, I think they'd be happy to take part in a one off tournament with something with some silverware at the end. I think that any friendly match that is arranged from when football is allowed is going to be friendly in the loosest sense of the word. Not because I think people are going to go out and hurt each other, but I think it's going to be seen as a it's a chance to play competitive football and they're going to want to get straight back into it. With regards to your role at Lincoln City, have the the club been open publicly about what their view of the the outcome should be
0: yes so the manager a a couple of days ago we had a sort of coffee morning type thing just to stay connected with uh, the men's team and just the community um and the manager in that did say that they wanted the league to resume as best as possible um but obviously if it was null and void it start friendlies as soon as possible and be preparing for promotion next season. But I, I just from I, th- I feel like it needs to resume in some way. I don't think teams should have to wait another year for promotion, especially with the likes of Burnley um, putting so much investment in that you can kind of expect them to sprint to the top and then beat everyone else in the league. So I think there needs to be some form of movement between the leagues and maybe Nolan Boyd's not the best
1: so on that note I've actually I've heard rumors that there has been a discussion about forming playoffs I know the National League I believe have had six teams that have passed the license to required to join the championship if they were promoted so there is a potential that you could get those six sides to compete together for promotion in a small playoff-style tournament. While there might be some mid-table teams that might feel a little bit aggrieved by that, but I think there would have to be an acceptance that these clubs have gone through the process to look for promotion. And I think to ha- to keep teams moving between those leagues is really, really important. You can just look at um, the likes of Southampton, Ipswich, Wolves, have all been dominating their Tier 4 leagues. And... While I know that there might be some clubs that want the challenge to finish above them, I I personally believe that the best thing to do for a lot of Tier 4 is just to get those clubs out, get them up into their third tier where they ability-wise they deserve and they belong to be. Um, and likewise, that you've got your likes of your of, of Watford, Huddersfield. I know Huddersfield have declined, yeah. um, but you've obviously got a lot of other clubs in the North and South that probably could hold their own within the championship. So to have that movement is vital. I know there's a big frustration within a lot of clubs within the fifth tier and sixth tier about, about the lack of movement, the one up, one down. So increasing the number of teams that can move up and down, I think is only going to benefit women's football full stop and I think that is going to be one of the keys to try and raise the profile of the non-elite if you will because you can have a club that can invest a lot of money to get promoted but if they if they don't get that one space then you you might find that actually that the sponsorship money the players then they leave the following year to go to a different... They can just leave and, and sign for a club in a higher league. So it, it's, it's very difficult for the clubs to manage. Um, we could talk about sponsorship of the leagues, but that's a whole other episode in itself okay. and uh, and financial incentives. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be difficult to call. Um, I think that we need to be relatively sensible and show a little bit of sympathy to those involved in the Football Association, whatever the decision is. It's always going to be a difficult one. And I think that's why... Today, my view is just to have some football back. However, whether it's similar to the summer series from a few years ago, just to have some football back so I can go and see the players on the pitch is, is probably the most important thing. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, who knows?
0: Yeah, I think just the players are desperate to get games, aren't they? And, you know, I've I've spoke to the Lincoln City women captain who said that you know, she's just whatever the next game is going to go into it with a massive smile on her face. And the next game for Lincoln is against West Brom in the FA Cup. And that West Brom always win in Lincoln versus West Brom. But it doesn't even matter. It's just it's football to play and to watch. So I think just bringing it back is really important. But the movement, I think, is essential. So even if it is null and void, there needs to be a way to get Wolves out of the Midlands division into the third tier and because you, you never know if they're going to lose players because of it and then Wolves are going to end up worse off for example um, Sunderland last season were pushing for promotion and when it was voided and they weren't promoted a lot of teams moved elsewhere a lot of players moved elsewhere mm. um, so then their are struggling as a team because they've lost their stronger players who were strong enough for the tier above. So I think it is important for the progress of all teams that there is a a, a reshuffle of the teams that are in individual leagues.
1: Yeah, Blackburn Rovers have obviously shown that if you get promoted and you manage yourself sensibly, you can perform quite well in that league and mm. similarly with Aston Villa in the WSL uh, i think we've we've got to start filling these leagues out more there needs to be a minimum of 14 clubs within these uh, especially the top two tiers and um yeah i, I fully agree and it, it, it excites me to see uh, what these leagues will start to look like like i only imagine when you got you put wolves Ipswich and Southampton up that's that's going to make the, that tier 3 really really competitive to the point that I'd actually quite like to see the the winners of the northern and southern tier 3 leagues both get promoted yeah. and have two clubs go down from the championship hence why there needs to be a little bit more financial incentive to protect clubs that might get relegated um, but at the same time don't get relegated
0: yeah, I think sort of Huddersfield turning down the championship is a prime example of that in that you've got third tier teams that are capable of beating um, championship teams but can't afford to beat the championship teams and making it maybe cheaper to be in the championship or waiting for that funding to come through to increase the fund the, the finances of the third tier teams is the only way that the championship is going to be fleshed out and everything's going to be a more level playing
1: field. The bit that horrifies me slightly is um, I see the arguments where people say, oh, but the National League doesn't make the money of um, League One or League Two. That, that's fair enough. So I, t- moving that argument on, I look at the National League in the men's and the National League in women's. So if the team in, in Tier 2 and Tier 3 win their league, they get no prize money. But The National League have the cup competition, which is the builder base cup competition. Mm -hmm. In front of me, I have got the prize money for the builder base competition. And in the first qualifying round, the winners receive £1,500 and the losers receive £400, which is more than the women's get in the the early rounds of the the Women's FA Cup to start off with. And and as you progress down, you move towards the semi finals, the winners receive £15,000 and the losers receive £5,000 with the eventual winner getting 60,000 pounds. If I was to offer if I had 60,000 pounds in my pocket now, I could probably go and start a a club that could parachute into the fourth tier of women's football. So there's clearly money around within the FA. So they've really there's no reason why they can't shave some of that off and invest it within the women's game. It it would go so far. Even the, the prospects of a couple of thousand pounds, you can potentially pay players or at least players not having to pay to play
0: yeah i think pay players paying to play is a big part of it because um you know i think a lot of female players don't expect to be paid they want to just they just want to play but then asking them to pay to play is it it doesn't feel right but it's the only way to have enough money to be able to you know hire the pitch or have the training facilities etc etc so yeah definitely if the FA could redistribute some of that money from the lower league men's teams and obviously I know that the, the lower league men's teams need to grow as well but if you if you look at it in the the, the tiers 3 and 4 of the of women's football aren't getting as much, as much money as you know tiers 7 and 8 of men's football you've you've got to know that that that's not the right in inverted commas way forward
1: Exactly, and I wouldn't suggest that we should be looking so the 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 builder base winner receives sixty thousand pounds. I'm not suggesting that we give sixty thousand pounds to the third tier winner, although that'd be fantastic, even just a small portion of that one sixth to give ten thousand pounds to one of those clubs would make a such a massive difference um there might be some that would think right we're just going to invest that in the youth setup we can get a four g pitch that our players can play on and and that's safeguarding the long-term future of the club but um i'm hoping that with the football association's long-term plan is that is to establish the wsl and then over the next sort of two to three years then start to move the investment down the leagues by at the very least just getting a league sponsor for the championship uh, and national league that can make a huge difference and then that can maybe add Financial incentive for for winning the competitions as well. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, and fingers crossed. Maybe
0: getting a sponsor for the national uh, women's national league league cup competition is a way to get get money in for those prize winners. But there needs to be an incentive for a sponsor to say, okay, this is going to be the whatever competition now. Um, like we've got, you know, the Vitality FA Cup.
1: Yeah, there'd
0: need to be something for the sponsor to gain out of it. Um, yeah
1: and to televise those games with what looks like w s l moving to with a new t v deal that might hopefully free up some resources within the f a player to at least screen one north one south um national league game a week yeah. at least there's there's some there's some really good top of the table games and, and even games down the bottom and it's, as we touched on earlier, the biggest challenge for the non elite levels of women's football. It's just the exposure. You, If you can't see it, you can't support it. So, yeah, for me, I'd definitely like to see the the uh, ITV player supporting it as well. But um, we could probably talk for hours on this one. And I know that you don't have too much time today. Um, so I just wanted to, to kind of touch on um, another book that you were involved in, because it's not the first time you've been involved in a book. You've previously been the co-author of the Women's Football Yearbook, um, a book that is really important for many within women's football, and um, myself, especially, is my one of my main re- resources for for research. and And for someone that is still sort of three, four years into women's football, it's it's a great tool for me to learn about the whole football pyramid and not just focus on uh, the WSL, which which does seem to get a lot of the limelight. But how did that collaboration come about?
0: So, in a journalist capacity, I interviewed Chris Leg uh, before uh the the before the latest yearbook came out so um when i, I sort of said you know if you, you want to handle anything you know i'm qu- I'm quite good with my knowledge of the national league etc um so I, I kind of offered it in a sort of an offhand i didn't expect him to take me up on it sort of way but then i got a message from him just a twitter dm saying are you still interested in helping out um Obviously, we can't pay you for this, but if you want to, if you're happy to do some bit of work, so I just sort of jumped at the chance because, you know, it, yeah, as you said, it's a it's a big source of information, and in the women's game, that's important. And I thought helping record that would be really great. So I, I did the, the, like the write ups on the teams in the the championship, and you know the star players wants to watch, et cetera. And yeah, I, I learned a lot and uh, it was really great of Chris to let me help. And when I actually saw the cover, I didn't expect my name to be on the cover because, you know, I thought maybe an inside page credit or something like that. And I was yeah, just blown away by the fact my name was on the front cover.
1: Being given that opportunity, did that give you the impetus to to write this book?
0: I think it probably did, yeah, because I saw how... Integrated that was in the women's football community, and I saw that you know obviously uh, Chris and Tom put a lot of effort previously into documenting all of the National League uh, in the the two books prior. So being able to sort of fill that gap that they weren't able to understandably put in the latest version did spur me on a little bit, and I thought actually you know what if Chris tr- trusts me to help write this. Then maybe I can write my own.
1: Do you think we'll get uh, a book on the history of uh, Lincoln women?
0: Um, maybe eventually. I've had a, a few thoughts about possible future books. Um, I will admit.
1: Ah, brilliant. No, I, I'm as I say, I'm, I'm really looking forward to receive my copy of the book and uh, and reading it. I think the work that you're doing is is fantastic because you're you're covering so much of uh, of women's football. And women's football is, is all the better for having you within it. So thank you for on behalf of everyone. How can our listeners get hold of a copy for themselves?
0: So it's available on Amazon. Um, you just have to search for No Points or Beth Pritchard and it comes up. It's all uh, Kindle and now the paper. For...
1: We'll be sure to signpost all of our readers to how they can buy it either through the podcast show notes or uh, an article that will accompany the podcast episode. Um, So I've really enjoyed this. It's been uh, really nice to kind of meet you, as I say, and uh, hopefully we can uh, see each other at a game soon, perhaps at a Lincoln City women's game. Oh,
0: you're more than welcome to come to a Lincoln City game. Yeah,
1: it'd be a pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Take care.